Welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast, where your host, Isabel Ross, interviews experts and athletes in the field of endurance sports. Isabel Ross is a three-time Australian long-distance mountain running representative at the World Championships with a best finishing place of 10th female. Twice Australian trail champion, she has won the six-foot track marathon, run a sub-three-hour marathon, and won a 24-hour track race overall with a distance of 198.7 kilometers, as well as competing in and winning grueling ultramarathons in rugged, mountainous terrain. Isabel has raced all over the world, including participating in the notorious Barkley Marathons. Isabel is an Australian and USA-accredited endurance coach working with athletes of all levels and is a certified UESCA ultra running coach. She's also a personal trainer and podcast host. Are injuries or niggles ruining your enjoyment of running and hindering your performance? Get on top of these and see the specialists at Health and High Performance. Utilising the latest in technology and with a wealth of experience, the team at Health and High Performance can assist you with all your running, injury and performance needs. So get back to enjoying your running and achieving the results you are capable of. Head to healthhp.com.au forward slash run or find them on Instagram at healthhighperformance. Health and High Performance are located in Montalbert, Melbourne, but are available for telehealth appointments not only Australia-wide, but also around the world. Contact them on their website to find out more. Wild Earth Australia are the online store to help you make the most out of the outdoors with top quality gear at great prices. Peak Endurance podcast listeners can use the discount code PEAKENDURANCE in all capitals to get 10% off at checkout. Head on over to wildearth.com.au to get everything you need for your next adventure. Welcome to the podcast. Episode 107 is a Dine Under 135 special. DU 135 is renowned for being an extremely tough race. <clears throat> it has a high dropout rate, tough cutoffs, and long finish times. This year was no exception with only two finishes. First was Nigel Hill in 52 hours and 36 minutes, followed by Tom Dade in 53 hours and 11 minutes. The race threw everything at them. Steep ascents, slippery descents, off-trail sections and river crossings. The weather itself added another element with driving rain and biting winds. In this special edition, I firstly chat with Tom Callum, one of the race organisers, to find out about the genesis of the race and why they chose to make it so difficult. Then I speak with Nigel, followed by Tom Day, to find out about their different race experiences. I really hope you enjoy this episode, even though it is a fair bit longer than my usual podcasts. And if you do enjoy this episode, as always, please go on over to Apple Podcasts to rate, review and subscribe. Daz RSV gave five stars and said, great content. What a find for Oz content was hunting Dave Alley and your cast came up. I've gone down the peak endurance rabbit hole and may even think about a 48 hour track race in 2022. Cheers, DD. Well, I really hope you get there. That would be awesome. And thank you so much for the fantastic review. I'm so glad you're enjoying the podcast. All right, so, and if you are looking to run further or faster than you ever have before, you need to have structured, individualised training to help you get there. If you want to achieve the best you are capable of, email me, Isabel, at Peak Endurance Coaching to get a program started. I hope you enjoy this Dine Under special. Hi, Tom, and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. Oh, thanks very much for having me. 
No worries. No, congratulations on a successful edition of the Down Under 135 in just a, well, just a week ago, really. Um, but before we start talking about that, can you just tell the listeners just a little bit about yourself with your running background, how you got into ultra running and, and thus how you got into race directing? Um, oh, I've been playing sport and things like that my whole life. And uh, I started doing a few little fun runs and uh, came across an event called Run From The Hills in Avoca. Uh, went and did that and enjoyed it. And then uh, one day I was just down in Torquay and I saw the Surf Coast Century happening and I never even knew about it. Um, and I saw that and I was captivated. And then for 12 months, I just was infatuated about it and <laughs> went back 12 months later in or 2013 or 14 and, and did it. And I haven't looked back since then. Uh, yeah. Awesome. And so what's the longest distance you've raced? Uh, raced is not very far, probably only the 100K, but I, I did uh, around the bay fat ass event one yep. year. So it was about 228. Oh, wow. Uh, around the bay in the concrete. No, uh, but God, yeah, I raced, uh, yeah, I haven't raced massive distances before, but oh, it was agony on the feet. Yeah, Absolutely agony, yeah. 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 So how did you get into directing a race? Uh, so back in 2015, uh, Dale and I were just out training in Lerdeberg for, for a big race and we just started chatting about uh, how so many races are not designed for people to finish, but everyone finishes every race and you get your nice medal. And we just thought maybe Australia uh, would like an event that was a bit more challenging and it was not a 100% success rate or you know, weren't guaranteed to finish. So we started exploring Lerdeberg a bit more and found some gnarly trails as we described yeah and uh then we came across a couple other people anthony and dion and they wanted to jump in board and had some ideas and it was sort of born from there and in just a, a lot of training sessions in 2015. so what was the first year the race was held uh 2017. ah okay yeah, so, so it took it yeah yeah about a 12 month lead in once we realized what we wanted to do and what we wanted the race to be yeah and so, so you wanted something that was difficult to um, to finish, and I've also heard that that because you know there was a few finishes in 2019 that you made it harder for this year. Is that what you sort of do? Uh, we don't aim to make it uh, necessarily harder, but we like to make it uh, varied each year, so that when people come back, they get to explore something different. Yeah, and I guess what happened in. 2019 was we had nine finishes yeah and we probably changed 10 to 15 percent of the trail each year but we had a 2020 course but there was no mm. 2020 race yeah. that's right so we got two years of out there exploring and finding new trails and beautiful new lines and ridges and gullies so it was two years of alterations in in one year which was the race that just happened so it, it looked like it was aimed to make it a lot harder but it was really we just found all these new beautiful trails so we used them but then we had a lot of rain so yeah. the the combination of all these new trails and new lines and trails that haven't been used much before so they're a bit rougher plus a couple of weeks of rain leading in <laughs> made it a much harder year this year yeah um, but the aim is not always to make it harder um, I okay. think we've probably reached the the limit of, of where it's going to be and it'll probably sit where it is for a long time now. We're, we're pretty happy with um, the trail and the course and the way it flows and the aid stations and things like that. So I can't see them making any harder. If anything, we might 
back it off one or two percent. Yeah. Uh, we, we always listen to the to the athletes, and there's a, a few of the folks that have come back three or four times, and we, we always listen to them. And they've made a couple of suggestions for us, so we think we'll we'll follow through with that for 2022. 2022. Yep, yep. So that yeah, and that's fair enough. God, I was just thinking that's ages away, but really, it, 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 I don't know. My time is all distorted since COVID. Um, so um, yeah, so that's fair enough. So so, but do you you don't you don't keep the course exactly the same, although you keep the aid stations the same. Uh, there's at least a 10 percent change in trail each year. Yeah. Uh, we used to go all the way out to Dalesford on the Great Dividing Trail, uh-huh. uh, but we just discovered it was this course was too far stretched out for for three days of race directing and volunteers. So we each year we brought it back a little bit. Um, in 2018, we had the turnaround point, not Dalesford, but Leonard's Hill. Uh, then we used to have it. Oh, now it's come back to Nolans, which is just in the Wombat Forest. So a lot of the, the aid station changes have been to make the course easier to manage and for safety. Uh, and, and just to limit us having to drive so far. And there's not service at all these places. So watching the tracker and maintaining safety for the runners, uh, it's become easier to, to have the course more compact. Yeah. Uh, and this year it was much easier to race direct uh, across the weekend due to the, the limit in the driving we had to do. Because uh, all of us love getting out to the, to the aid stations. We don't just sit um, in the, the HQ or the headquarters. Yeah. Um, you'll see Dale, Anthony and Dion and I out at all the aid stations, um, which all the runners sort of give us a double take and they can't believe we're there sometimes, which is um, a nice little warm feeling hopefully they get when they see us. Yeah. Now, um, I had a friend say to me that she goes, it's such a hard course. Why would anyone want to do it? What would you say to someone like that? Like what kind of a person do you think that kind of race attracts? Uh, it, it attracts the person that doesn't necessarily want the bling um, and they don't want the notoriety. They just want to go out and have a, a grueling fun event. Um, it's sort of cliche to say pushing your limits, but mm. people just don't always want that clean event where you, you get the, you get the guaranteed finish. They want the real deep challenge and the, um, the dirtiness that comes with our event sometimes. Uh, yeah. So just get out and give it a go, go and, the, the warmth that is given to runners out on course, they might be out for eight hours by themselves in the middle of the night, not seeing anybody and they're regretting everything, but they roll up to an aid station and they get so much warmth and love and care. Yeah. It's, it's something that you don't always see across the other events. Um, some of the aid stations, they just, they have so many runners that they can't provide that sort of care. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just a completely new experience to any other race that we think exists currently in Australia. Um, there might be some, I haven't done them all, but um, yeah, just it's, it's different. It's just so different that you, yeah. you probably do want to try it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, I, I think it, it and, and certainly being at, uh, at a few of a couple of the aid stations, I could really see that um, over that weekend, that, that care that was given and how much the runners really appreciated it. And uh and just the banter that would go on and that sort of thing. It was pretty awesome to see. Yeah. So um, in saying that, you only had two finishes this year. How did you feel about that? Uh, we were bloody glad that we had two finishes. <laughs> uh, so we, we thought we might have overdone the, the course changes. 
and yeah. made it too hard. But it, it, the race, the course wasn't too hard. It was just the weather really rolled in yeah, and, so. and changed everything. So when we we, we knew we we're going to get at least two there for a while, but we thought we might have had four, which would have been great. Uh, Ross and and Jules that came third and fourth or um, pulled out last. We were hoping they were going to make it, but we were pumped when we knew we were going to get two. Um, yeah. It just shows that it's doable. Uh, mm. Yeah. Nigel and Tom, when we when we see them out on course, just they're animals, absolute animals. You see the concentration and the the depth they dug into. Um, yeah, it was it was beautiful to watch. Yeah, yeah, it was certainly fun watching the dot as well. Um, now, how long does it take to organise something like this? Uh, we've already started. We started Monday night. Uh, oh, wow. We've already started to put everything in place. Uh, we've got a long list of things to to do. So. It's, it's 365 days, we'd say. There's not a day goes by that uh, Dale and I don't talk about the race or what's going to happen. Uh, so it's all year flat out, and especially those last couple of months where we're out there checking every single trail and yeah. um, gathering infrastructure and bo- borrowing things and talking to people. So, yeah, 365 days, definitely. Wow. Wow, that's, yeah, that's, that's a fair amount of work then. So um, do you have like a limit to the number of runners that you allow? Yeah, we, we have 40 on course at the most. Uh, we just feel like the course can't handle too many more people than that. Yeah. We have like trail sections. Uh, so we don't want to put too many feet across those each year. We try to change them so the line doesn't become a permanent a fixture in the park. Yeah. And also just for safety, it's hard to manage too many runners out there uh, at any given time. So 40 is our number. And yeah. we, we'll, we'll try to get 40 again in 2022. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm, I'm sure you will. Um, how many did you have start this year? Uh, we had 35 starters. Oh, uh, we, had, we, did, we did have 40 on the list initially, but yeah. training uh, seems to take its toll on people, especially training for an event this big. So yeah. we've sold out the last couple of years and we just slowly have people dwindle away uh, as the, the last couple of months roll by. So do you have a wait list for those who, who might be interested in that? Uh, we did have a wait list, but once it gets a couple of months out, people aren't really still training and, and realistically yeah. thinking they're going to get a position. So we had a couple of step up from the wait list in January and February. I think Nigel might have even been one of the late uh-huh. ones to, to pop in in uh, January. But after that, yeah, the wait list doesn't really exist. Yeah. Yep. No, that's yeah. fair enough. All right. And so... Um, yeah. Also, you've got, I was also going to ask different categories. Okay. So you've got the solo runner with no pacer. Um, and is it no crew as well, or are they allied crew? Uh, so it, the categories are more for a registration purpose. Uh-huh. Uh, on, on race weekend, the, the solo people can do whatever they want. Uh, but we decided that we didn't want to be too elitist. So we allowed uh, people who have only done a hundred kilometer event to enter, uh, yeah. but with some proviso of having a crew uh, and having some paces in the, in the latter end of the event. And we just know that some people don't like having a crew when they've done some great races and Australia's yeah. got so many um, people that have just raced big events all around the world. They don't need a crew and they operate better without one. So it was more of a, a qualification standard, not a, a race okay. um, scenario. Once the race starts, everyone's equal. Yeah. Uh, as long as those people that are qualified as crude as long as they have some paces in the last few kilometers just to make to keep them safe yeah uh, other than that everyone's pretty much equal once the the whip cracks yep 
Oh, that's good to know. All right. Well, thank you, Tom, so much for um, giving us a bit more insider information on the race. And um, I'm sure we're all looking forward to next year. Yes. Thank you very much for having us. All right. No worries. See you later. Bye. Hi, Nigel. Um, welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. How are you going? Yeah, I'm good. More to the point, how are you? You've just uh, had a big weekend where you won down under 135 in 52 hours and 36 minutes. So how are you? Uh, yeah, slowly recovering. Um, yeah, it was probably a little bit worse than what I expected, but uh, Monday was like death warmed up and couldn't walk. Yesterday, yeah. I could start to walk and today yeah getting slightly better so it's a it's like a day-by-day situation at the moment yeah so, yeah and, and so when you say worse than expecting it, honestly what were you expecting to just spring out of bed well, the actually, next day i've had this conversation a couple of times but like so previous years i've done the uta 100 and because that and i suppose the, the furthest from that i've ever been it was 140 k's previously to this so oh wow um, I, I probably didn't know what to do, but on those other times, I was still able to um, walk the next day and I'm a landscaper and I've actually gone to work the next day on the wheelbarrow. So oh God. I, I actually didn't think that I was uh, going to be on the wheelbarrow this time, but, um, but yeah, I, I thought I would have been able to walk, but anyway. So you've never done a miler before? Nah, nothing. Like I, last time I did last man standing, which would have been 15 months ago, a while, um, I, end up pulling out at 21 hours because I had UTA and I thought I'll save myself or I won't go to the well. Um, and I think I've covered 140 Ks. Yeah. And um, yeah, and I was like, and then COVID hit and everything. And so I was furious. I didn't get to do anything. So yeah, yeah. yeah it's like jump from 100 K to 217 K. Why not? All right. Well, not that I, uh, as a coach, would uh, advise that, but clearly it worked. Um, yeah. So um, of all like, you know, there's milers and then there's milers. Why did you choose Down Under? It's notorious for being super tough. Yeah, yeah. So it was funny, like the fascination for this race come probably the first year they had it. Um, I knew one of the RDs, Dion, and he was putting it on. I was like, oh, I'll just watch this. And so I was like, wow, this is like next level. Yeah. Amazing sort of thing, really. And um, anyway, uh, I'd been on the UTA band. I'd, I'd sort of signed up. You know, for that, so I've done it and they were sort of similar sort of time. So, yeah, I did the UTA one year and then I'm like, oh, I want to do it better. So I went again, but then I'd watch this DU again. And I was like, far out. Yeah, I just can't stop watching it. But they were always, you know, within a month of each other or whatever. Yeah. So it was never possible to do both. And um, yeah, so yeah, then again, um, I signed up again for UTA. Oh, I did my hamstring for UTA. So I wanted to go back and then. Um, then COVID hit and I still had a uh, referral. So I just took the offer up and I was like, yeah, I'll probably go. But in the back, in, in that time of COVID and stuff, um, I was moving to Bullingarok at the time. So, which is my backyard is the Lurdederg State Forest. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to ring Dion and see if there's a spot available and see. So you actually did UTA this year? Is that what you're saying? No, nah, no, nah. oh, uh, I haven't done UTA or, yeah. And UTA it was the same weekend this year, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, sorry. UTA yeah. and DU were on the same weekend. So, effectively, I entered two races. Yeah, and um, I was getting confused. And I was like, 
okay, now I've got to make a decision. I've just okay. spent $2,000 or whatever it is on entry fees and I've got to pick one. Yeah. So I, I in the end, um, I wasn't sure whether COVID was going to hit again. And yeah. so if COVID hit, then UTA was off. So I was like, oh, I've got a backup. It's okay this year. And because last year when UTA got cancelled, um, DU was still on and they just deferred it and I didn't have an entry. So I had nothing. So it was my plan, plan B essentially. But then, um, then I'm like, I was thinking, I've seriously done UTA three times, yeah. whatever. It's, maybe it's just time to change and challenge myself. Again, I've never done a miler. So I'm like, I'm going from 100 to 100, 217Ks. But I was like, stuff it. It's in my backyard and I'm just going to have a crack. So I, I actually didn't get rid of my UTA ticket in, until about a month out from the thing out, I still had it there, and my friend was need to get rid of this because of things. So I rang a mate, Cam Ward, and I said, "Here, have my ticket. You don't have to pay for it. I don't care. You oh, use awesome. it. It's yeah. gone. Like I'd rather someone use it, sort of thing." So that I can't believe I waited for so long, but I just sort of did, just in case. I think it's, especially in these uncertain times, you just want to hedge your bets, don't you? Yeah. 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 So, so, so you talk about it being in your backyard. Do you think you had a home ground advantage? Um, look, again, it's part of my sort of thing. I said to myself, look, if I can't train in this backyard and and um, and do it every day, like I've got literally no excuse. Like I don't now have to drive 40 minutes to Mount Macedon, an hour to Dandenongs. I, I literally drive home every day and I'm in the Lutie Do. I'm my backyard actually is backs onto it. So awesome. um, I just have to get up in the morning and I run out my street and I'm in the Lutie Do. So um, yeah, those things. But what what I did, I didn't have any pre-races to this event. I just trained in the Lurdy Dirk. And I think actually, and what I did, I just dissected the course. I made it into small sections, 20K sections or 30, 40Ks. And I just did the course back to front, night, day, whatever wow. I needed to do. And I just used a hub. And some days I'd just run all the way through. So the there was only one part of the course that I didn't get to run. Um, which was the from Blackwood to Mount Wilson. I just run out of time, like yeah. with whatever I had on. So I'm like, well, it's only 20Ks. Like it, it is what it is. I've pretty much run the 180 of the other part. I'll just have to deal with that. Yeah. So yeah. during the course, like when we started and I knew it back front and people were going wrong ways and whatever, I was like, oh, I actually felt that confident that I knew where I was going and it didn't bother me. So I think it did. And if other people did it, I would strongly suggest you need to train there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, having Except seen small bit, yeah, sorry? Yeah. Except the off-trial stuff, I'd never seen that stuff before. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I, I've only seen small portions of the course and I, I instantly went, oh my God, to do, even just to, to try to complete it, you've got to train on the course because it is completely different to everything else. Yeah, it's it. The Lurdie throws up so much. It's uh, it changes. It's got ferns. It goes rocks. It's down in rivers. It is just got everything. So yeah, you just need to know. So yeah, yeah no, no, I would definitely agree. Now, um, with uh, Du, you can choose to do it solo without paces or crude with paces. You um chose crude with paces. What made you make that decision? Um. I don't know, like, I suppose, I suppose going from 100 to 217, it's a big jump. 
Yeah. Um, and um, I, I think just, you know, I feel, you know what, it's probably better just to have a crew. And I suppose uh, having a crew, you've got a couple other people there that take the event in as well, which always makes it as well. I actually train a lot by myself. So if I had done it by myself, it may not have worried as much because you're out there in your thoughts all by yourself. I don't really train or whatever, be with people. So, but yeah, I just think, you know, it's a, it's a big race and it can get nasty. Um, yeah, I think for safety, it was probably a good idea. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Now, just taking a step back for a second, um, how long have you actually been running? Uh, so I started, my journey was when I was younger, um, I did triathlons and yep. swimming and stuff. So I've always been a, an endurance runner and stuff. Um, and I, I obviously played footy, but I wanted to be an AFL star and I gave all that away <laughs> and I played footy and obviously didn't quite make it, but I always knew that I could go back to running triathlons once I was finished. So I was happy with the choice I made, I suppose, at that time. Because so when I finished- you gave it a crack as well. Yeah, yeah, like I gave it a- I, look, looking back, I probably was better at running and triathlons and everything. I probably should just went with it, but I just wanted to play footy. So, um, and you know, I had great memories and whatever over the time that I, play, I played footy and that as well. Um, but it is what it is. And so then I, I got to about 32 and um, my body was bashed and I was like, you know what, I'm done. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start running. I, I always wanted to run a marathon sub three. And um, and I wanted to do it first up, so uh -huh. I finished. I started. I trained. Oh, again, this is mistakes people make, but I downloaded a bloody a thing of how to do it, and um, I I got to. I probably overtrained as you do. Yeah. Um, and I got to 32k mark, and I blew up, and I had to walk around, walk around for 10k's, and I think I did a 311 or something like that in the first one. Oh, I was yeah. like. Oh, considering that's, that's a very good time yeah but i was still well under three hour pace at 32 and i was like this is just me but so then i signed up the next one i go all right when am i doing the next one because i wasn't happy with it and then i signed up gold coast um okay. as the next one because it was just the next one along and um yeah so i went there and got under three hours smashed it and was happy sort of thing and so from there i was like all right i done that I'll go back to the triathlons because what I always said I, I always had this goal when I was younger that I wanted to do Kona yeah I still got that gut feel but I anyway so I went back in just to the local Melbourne series did the little ones and then I did the Shepherd and Half Ironman and then I, I entered at the Melbourne Ironman and yeah. I, like things were just progressing well and then the Melbourne Ironman got cancelled oh. and I was like what am I going to do now and uh, a mate of mine um Jamie, he was he's done UTA like four or five times and every year he's like, you should do this, you should do it. I was like, nah, that's crazy. That that's stupid. <laughs> and then when it got cancelled, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do it. Just ran and never run a trial race in my life. Yeah, yeah. I haven't, yeah, hadn't run over 42Ks ever. And uh, and I signed up and I rang Jamie and I was like, I signed up. And he goes, Yeah, I'm not doing it. I was <laughs> like, You're kidding me. Great friend. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I I well, then I entered like Marinda Dam 50. So that was my first trail race. And then I went straight into the 100 after that. So, and ever and since. You were hooked. Yeah, I, I haven't actually gone back. Like I, 
yeah, I just, I suppose the trails. Do you still was, ever do um, cross training, like with cycling and swimming and that sort of stuff? Yeah, yeah, so I do um, a little bit, but for me now, like, uh, it's just harder to get a bike and, uh, and, and swimming. So most of the times I just have my shoes in my car and it's majority just running, but yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I agree. I mean, I used to be a cyclist and it's just way more difficult to organize. I totally agree. Yeah, I've actually given my bike away at the moment. So uh -huh. <laughs> my wife said it, she was sick of seeing it taking up dust in the back there. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't use it to hang clothes on in that? <laughs> oh, we got enough of them. So. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, I also happen to know that you didn't use poles in uh, DU and you yeah. also said your paces weren't allowed to use poles. Explain nah, what you have I against poles. I hate them. Like, they drive me insane. I reckon one UTA, there was a bloke that he's on his bike and he had click, 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 click. I was like, mate, can you just get away? <laughs> and then um, Tim... Is the pacer who and he was training with us one day. I was like, mate, you got to get rid of these poles. They're no good. And I, I just told him, and he he knew that I hate I hate them. And he goes, I didn't even bring them notch because I didn't want to upset you and stuff. And I knew that they weren't allowed. And I'm like, yeah. So then in the race, I'm just gonna just tell the truth. This is okay, all good. Um, so we were up the first climb, and we were coming down the second climb. There was a bunch of five of us, I suppose there. So two of us didn't have poles and three did. And I was like, mate, these poles, they kept clicking me feet and they're in front of me. They, it was actually Tom and a couple of others and they were getting caught on trees and they were throwing them. <laughs> and in my mind, I said, I'm going to snap these poles because I'm sick of them already. And then we got down that climb. I'm like, all right, I'm getting away from these guys. So the other bike who didn't have poles happened to go up the hill. I'm like, I'm with him. So I was never so happy to not see these people with poles. <laughs> I just <laughs> mean, I, I just think you can still get up a hill, hands, legs, whatever, just as easy. So. I mean, yes, I, I agree that, that you can. I, I'm a big yeah. um, believer in poles myself, so but that's all yeah. right. I, I've heard you call them cheating sticks, which, you know, I get as well. But uh, <laughs> I just feel like if you can't use them, don't try and use them yes, as well. Yes. So you need to there master them. Yeah. yeah, you need to master them. Otherwise, they, they become a hindrance. And as I said... Yes hanging on trees and shit like that was killing me. I was like, man, I'm going to snap them. <laughs> no, 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 so. that's absolutely fair enough. Now, um, in, in the race, um, how, do you, how did you go about pacing yourself for something that long? Yeah, so I had a plan in my head that as I just needed to get to halfway in decent enough shape, yeah. um, mind, body, spirit everything um, because then if I could turn it halfway and then I'll just try and bring it home with whatever I've got. Um, so I deliberately stood at the back of the pack where normally I race as I'm up the front. I'm like, yeah, I just need to be, I don't want to have to fight through these people um, sort of thing. And then uh, I just ambled off as normal. Um, we got to the first climb. I sort of got through some people and then I was just in that group and then as I said, we got up um, spur, tra spur track and then I was, I, was with, I was virtually in the top three and I was like, Jesus, I'm in the lead here a little bit. Well, I didn't really want to be here. I actually didn't know that I was at that point, but, and we got to um, uh, the first, like Bears Head checkpoint and stuff and I was sort of there. I'm like, you know what? I'm just feeling very comfortable. I don't, I don't go into a race. Admittedly, I set times, but it was more for my crew. So they knew where I was going to be. Um, but 
I didn't, because you don't know the course and these added extra things, well, that times we're going to be out anyway. So, yeah, I always run by feel. Like, if you, you need to know how you feel. If you're feeling overdone, you need to slow down or whatever. So, I was feeling good. So, I just thought, you know, I'm comfortable. I'll just keep rolling. So, we went through the first checkpoint. I was still feeling good. And then sec, um, we got through to um, the second one, still feeling okay. And, and then we're on the way to the third one. There was still three of us just sort of running together. And we're coming up um, arms towards the lows checkpoint. And I just climbed up a hill. And I generally feel like I climb all right. So. Okay, and we're back. We just dropped out for a minute. So um, if you wanted to keep going, Nigel, with explaining your pacing. Yeah. So, yeah, as I said, we're coming up um, lows, the climb uh, there as we cross the creek. And I, I'm, I was climbing well. So I turned around and they weren't there anymore and I was like wow I was like this is interesting what do I do here like <laughs> I'm lead here and uh so I just decided that you know what I'll get to the top I'll fuel up I'll just walk hope that they'll catch me and then we'll just rejoin together and we'll just keep going we've still got like 180 k's a go yeah so but so I kept walking 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 and it got to like the downhill I'm like mate I don't think they're coming and uh, so at that point, I made the decision to just go. It's my pace. I'm going. I Again, I train by myself. I actually don't need these guys. It's my race. So I pulled into the checkpoint and um, <coughs> funny story, my crew weren't there. Oh, no. I was, like, I was like, what in the hell? Seriously? They, I don't know whether. Anyway, I didn't stress. They had everything I sort of wanted there anyway, so I just fueled up. It was pretty cool. Where were your crew? Hey? Where were um, your crew? So my crew was um, uh, was a guy from work, um, so he he took control, and my dad. So um, they'd never crewed ever before. So raw, it's not funny. So this is what made – it actually made me laugh, which was good because I was like – I knew this was going to happen during the time, yeah. and um, – and when it did happen, I didn't expect to happen on the second checkpoint. But <laughs> um, so anyway, the, the station had all my stuff there and okay. um, I wasn't that stressed. And so I had it and um, filled up and I said, look, if you happen to see my crew turn up, just tell them I've gone. And as I said that, they turned up. So oh. the the map me thing must have taken them the wrong way so I was like they're like oh I'm so sorry I go hey don't stress it's actually pretty laughable um um can I just have a couple jails and I just build up the couple little things but so they had to meet my pacer at Blackwood and um and then drive them to Trout and so but obviously there was the square bottle one in between yeah I I sacrificed them going to square bottle and helping me and because all I could think of if they didn't pick up my pace, I was in yeah. trouble. So um, I said, look, don't go to the next one. Just go and you'll probably spend 10 hours at the next. It doesn't really matter. I don't care. Just um, make sure that happens. So off I went and, um, yeah, uh, I was fine. Um, I knew at some stage in the next section that we're going to head into dark. So, um, yeah, I sort of in my head just said, oh, look, I probably need to make a little bit of ground here as much ground as I possibly can in the daylight. So, um, yeah, I just got into a com comfortable rhythm. I knew the course again. I'd yeah. done all this course. Dress. I'd done the course in the dark as well. So it didn't bother me doing it in the dark. Um, 
So yeah, I just I just tucked along and yeah, had had a pretty good court, like section through there. Got the square bottle and I probably really could have done with some extra stuff, um, but as I said, I sacrificed it and um, it it is what it is. So I got what I needed and and just turned around and and um, because square bottle was only a water point as well, so yes. they didn't have any anything. Mm. So I just had what I had. So. Um, yeah, then off I went to the trout, which I knew they were going to be there. And, um, yeah, I got through there okay. And then towards the end, I, I felt like I was moving really well. I kept looking at my watch and I was doing like 11-minute K. So I was like, maybe I'm not going as good as what I thought. But <laughs> I was um, I was still in good spirits and stuff. And I suppose moving into there, I knew I was going to see Syme and, and, and family and stuff because the trout track was closest to my house. My house is only probably actually 20 minutes oh, wow. um yeah so that was because the trout track or the o'brien's crossing was it or the the hogan's was like a hub for me to use when i was at home i'd go and park my car there and yeah. do all my runs from there so anyway yeah so it's good to see family and stuff and um yeah see simon and then we i attached simon we just we we trained a lot together um, at the dandies and stuff, so we know each other pretty well. And um, in training, we push each other, which is really good. So he sort of knew. I actually didn't even have to speak to him to tell him what he needed to do. He just yeah. took charge. And, and so it was funny. It's it's good that when someone knows you so much that, that you just when they run, you run, and you, mm-hmm. you I didn't even tell him to quicken up. But you know, thing it was it worked really well. So we we tried to make as much ground as we can. Um, I knew the weather was turning as well. Like obviously it'd been raining on and off the whole time anyway. And so we got, so we got into, uh, we needed to get to Blackwood and sort of in, but um, by the time we got to Blackwood, the the storm was just about to hit there. And we got there again and there was no crew people. I was like, mate, what are you guys doing? Apparently they just went to bed and I was like, mate. So again, it was a bit laughable, but he, he was just there, so we, we crewed up. And then it was actually we belting around. I said, look, I just don't want to go out of here like a hole in the head. It's just not that inviting to get out. I bet. We, we drove off and we – and so this was the section that I didn't know. So it was a little bit unknown for me. Um, and that was probably – again, if I did it again, I would have made sure I'd done this section. Um, but uh, so we trudged off. And, um, yeah, this is when the storm hit in this section and um and we we're going up mount wilson and you could just hear hear it from about a k away and it was mm. just whistling in and then it then it'd hit you and it'd be just freezing cold rain sideways backwards it was next level so yeah it was um, brutal yeah yeah it was brutal it was like as cold as cold can be and you know we just got to um got to that point we're coming into um into the was it Nolan's Crossing or, or Nolan's picnic sort of thing, and I was at a low. Then I was like, I don't know whether I need to keep going here. This is like next level, next level. And um, we got into the aid station, and my crew went there again. Oh like, my god! <laughs> I was like they've had five hours to get here. If it was me, I would have driven there and slept for four hours. Yeah, yeah. And and then, but so. I was shivering like next yeah, level yeah. where I was cold and I sat next to the fire and the fire was awesome. But then the rain come. Yeah. And so then I, the fire said, I've got to get undercover because I can't keep getting wet. 
So I went under the little burner and, um, yeah, it was better, but I, I wasn't as warm as well. And I spoke to Dale and I was like, Dale, I just want my, my stuff. Can someone, and he, he drove to a, a point where he could try and call my thing out. And I think he got in contact with them and they, um, and they hung up on him. And um, I was like, this can't be possible. I'm like near that point of pulling out here just because I'm freezing. All I want is just a warm top. Yeah. And uh, so, I, yeah, I made the decision. Um, yeah, I made that decision at that point. I was like, you know what? I'm probably not going to get any more warm. I'm going to cross the creek anyway. Yeah. I said to Don, let's just wait 20 minutes and the, for first light because then at least then it's just a different perspective on, yeah. on life. We're not stuck and whatever. So we sat there for a little bit longer and then we just looked at each other and said, are we going to do this? And we just said, yes. And um, so we left there and I was, I was at my low, low, low. I, ah, was, imagine. I wasn't good. And then when we crossed and we started climbing up the hill and we and go on, I felt really warm there for some reason. I think it was just because I got moving and, and I think we got two Ks up there and Simon goes to me, if you had have said to me, let's pull out, I would have said yes. And I was like, thank God I didn't say it there. <laughs> so, but yeah, so how many Ks was, was this at? That's the halfway point. Yep, yep. Yeah. And it, at this point, my legs were uh, not good. Like, I didn't tell anyone at mm. this point, but I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to keep plugging away, plugging away and just see how I go. Um, I didn't need to tell anyone. It was in my head. Um and I'll actually, so I'll scroll back a little bit. The thoughts of um, going, uh, pulling out, I, I, then I just thought about Simon's just run 40Ks with me. Tim's driven all the way. He's waiting for me in 20Ks. I can't pull out at this point. This is not physically possible. Like, again, these are the thoughts that go through you. That yeah. We're all here. You have them. You just got to process them. <laughs> so I, I got through that point as well. But, yeah, so then we got going. And then we finally saw Tom, and this is what we'd spoken about this, that we'd be able to see them on the way back. Um, and then we could sort of manage where we were at. And we, yeah. I think we saw Tom and Ross, I'll call it maybe 45 minutes into the run. Oh, and okay. that was probably, nice. yeah. So we're like, mate, we've got a good hour and a half to two yeah. hours on these guys. They're still going to go the two or three Ks, what we did, the stop time, plus come back to the point we were. So oh, we, we, we were up and about at that point because, like, we'd already done that section yeah. and we kept – and then we didn't see someone. I think it might have been um, oh, Jules or something like that and there might have been one or two others, like maybe another half an hour or so behind them. And I was like, yeah. we're like, where's everyone else? We didn't know that the storm had just obliterated people. Well, like, we'd been through it. It wasn't pretty. Um, but we were in good spirits and we were moving really well. So – um, and then I think after that, we may have only seen two others, which were two hours away. I'm like, they're not going to make cutoff. It's not happening. So virtually it's down to the three. Um, yeah, got into, we got through all that stage really well. I think, I think we tracked well. Simon was awesome. He'd done his 60Ks and I was swapping with him. So some fresh legs and fresh vibe and stuff as well. So um, yeah, then we moved on from there to would we go to trap truck yeah <clears throat> yeah i think we're still moving pretty good to that point um and yeah um i think it, we would have got a couple of updates and we, we we sort of knew that we're sort of 10ks ahead or something like that at that stage or whatever it was so yeah 
Although, and 10Ks on I, that course is a long way. Yeah, and then that's what I gathered is like I, I kept when we were doing sort of the 10Ks was like nearly two hours. Like you were only doing 5Ks an hour. Like it's yeah. mind-boggling that you're only tracking <laughs> five. Like in training, I like I try to go at 10Ks an hour at a minimum. And um, even on flat, I can do 14, 15Ks an hour. I was like, this is crazy. So, um, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, we we moved through and, um, geez, there's some testing. uh, Well, you get into from square bottle. I think we got, we did a a pretty good section. It wasn't too testing, I think, from the square bottle to trout. It was just like there was a lot of flat along the creek there and stuff um a couple sections but yeah we got to square bottle um uh, yeah i wasn't feeling any better oh my legs were still yeah pretty pretty brutal but then the section between square bottle and and lows was yeah there was a there was a nasty double double Mm. like um off trail section and i think yeah it took i don't know it took three to five hours to do that one thing it was just relentless like constantly just going from hands and knees hands and knees grabbing on rocks trees whatever could just keep you upright things were snapping you fall and yeah you just yeah but um we just kept plowing ahead like my, my motto is just keep moving i just yeah. as long as i kept moving okay yeah. um yeah. and yeah so we finally got into there um still in fairly comfortable position mm, I bet. um yeah, yeah. in the lows but um but yeah so from I think from it was Lowe's to to Hogan's. Uh, actually, when we got to Lowe's, we got to you have to go to the top of the mount, um, right. black. And um, this was another low point. Like I, I wasn't going to put my jacket on, and Tim's like, put it on, and like it was freezing up there, and I nearly froze. Like I'm glad he forced me to put it on. And um, on the way down, I was like. I don't know if I can keep going. And he's like, yes, you can. You know, I was like, I had another sort of semi-low point. Yeah. Um, and I come into that station. I think that's where I saw you as well. Um, my legs were really sore at this point as well. Um, and I was like, oh, I don't even know how many K. I think it was 38 Ks to go from there. I was like, yes. I, I can um, um, So, yeah, we trudged off, obviously, from there. Um and but it was only there, 10- can I just say, as an observer who was there, you seemed, although you looked exhausted, of course, you were still in good spirits and cracking jokes and, you know, so, yeah. you know. Yeah. I, I was still with it, like, at yeah. that stage still. Very much so. Um, yeah, and and that's where how I know, like, I, you can just keep pushing through, keep yeah. pushing through, um, you know, just keep positive. Um, this is where, like, I started to try and um, develop tricks whatever it is, just to make sure that like, so um, with my wife, she, she um, helps me with these sort of things with the mind, body, spirit. And um, I was like trying to take the pain away of my legs, going to put it to your hands, put it to your hands. Cause okay. I can't run with them. So yeah, I was trying that, that really wasn't working. Then I was trying just flicks with my legs. So if I flick my leg before it hit the, the ground, it wouldn't hurt as much or something, you know, anything that was working, like mm-hmm. I just, if it, if it worked for five minutes, it was five minutes that I didn't get pain in my leg or whatever it was. So, mm. um, so then we got, we sort of got down um, Cross Creek and then there's like a, um, a oh, I call it a six or eight K stretch of, um, it's the Lurdy Dirt track. Um, and again, I know I've done this, I've done it in training and stuff and it's just a straight run and it's mainly downhill. Um, 
and in normal circumstances, I probably would have crushed this, but I just, because downhill was hurt more, I was very slow and whatever, but it was freezing cold at this point because it was probably at a higher point of the course mm. and we were just walking and whatever. And this was at the point where I, I started seeing some shit in the side, like some cars and stuff into the side of the, the thing. And um, Tim, my pacer, and again, they know me pretty well. Um, he's like, are we having sleep at this one? I go, most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to the point where um, I, I tried to have a sleep early day and it didn't quite work. Like I, I just tossed and turned and, and I, I don't think I actually went to sleep. I just closed my eyes. So, so um, this was your got, first sleep really? Well, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I was, so I was like virtually on the limit and um, yeah. yeah, in this section, he's like, Oh, there's like two K's to go. And I was losing my shit a little bit. Yeah. And I was like, I know this section, Tim. I'm telling you, there's like four Ks to go. Like we, and it's like, what do you mean? And I started playing with me watching the GPS, and I was like, I'm showing you, like, <laughs> what? It, and he's like, Yeah, you're right. And I was like, Yeah. And then I was seeing stuff, and I was having like deja vu that I've actually, it's like I dreamt this previously, and I've I've been in this situation before, and like I suppose you know this was my destiny and stuff. Like yeah. you've already done this like things sort of and it was just sort of semi playing with my head a little bit and I, as soon as I got to the station I was like I need to go to sleep but I swear to god I was that freezing I was stuck on about five jackets but everything got in there and I was <laughs> it wasn't great and um and then I said just give me 20 minutes half an hour and again you know, I struggled first to go to sleep as well but then I sort of got the thing and they, they come in I said just give me five more minutes as well so could have been it 30, 40 minutes in the end that I sort of stopped, yeah. um, but I definitely did it. Um, so we're swapping over paces there and we still, we, we knew how to, um, a good break and that as well. Uh, legs were sore again. Um, did did and, the sleep uh, help or the rest help? My legs. Just everything. Or, oh yeah, I was a different man. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, every time I come to a station, I made sure I eat. And stuff like and Tim. Tim's like he was like you have to eat because you're a different yeah. man when you come nation. Yeah. So um, yeah, and that that's where I put my trust in them guys. I go, you guys need to tell me because I I won't tell myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I was feeling really good, but it was cold there, right at the top. So I said, look, I'm going to put my beanie and I'm going to put my big puffer jacket on because we're down in the bottom here and we're going to be walking through the old river and stuff. It's going to be freezing. Yeah. So. Anyway, we get down in there and um, uh, Simon was amazing. Like he was just stomping through there. And I was like, yeah, if I was in any shape, we would have crushed the course, like yeah. ultimately. But I had to tell him to slow down because <laughs> I, I literally couldn't keep up or I knew that if I kept going at this pace, I'd maybe not yeah. make it to the end. So yeah. he eased up. I had this big puffer jacket on and it was like 10 degrees warmer down there. And I was like, I, I literally didn't have enough room in my pack to pack all the clothes that I had on so it's sort of where it worked against me yeah um yeah which yeah it is what it is but uh yeah so we got through that and then, then and then uh we got to the end and I said to Simon I was like what time is it mate and he's like oh it's almost seven o'clock and I'm like mate we need to move like we've got to two o'clock here to, yeah. to dingo and this was an off the course section, which they had just made up. Like, and I remembered it coming down it and it was like next level. And I knew that coming up this 
at the next stage um, was going to be difficult at best. And um, and Simon looked at it and he goes, "We're not going up there." And I said, "Yes, we are, and we need." And I said, "We need to get up there and up and back within the hour." And he just looked at me, and I just at this point, this is you know, you make these decisions. And I just took the lead and um, I climbed up this hill like a madman. And I looked back and Simon was like 50, 100 metres behind me. Not one inch of my body was hurting. And wow. I got up I, within half an hour and yeah. back down. I think it took under an hour to get up and down um, that section. It was just like, I just went into like survival mode. And yeah. and so, yeah. And then, then we got to there. We had to go on you. Simon was sort of giving us some updates, like essentially where we were. But then again, I was sort of losing it with times doing figures in my head. And I thought we had longer to go. I thought we had 20 Ks to go. We only had probably oh, 18 or yeah, it was 10 K less. And I oh, said okay. to myself, hours to do two, like this 10 seconds. I'm like, geez, it's going to be tight. So I started running. I ran up the hill. Wow. And, and I'm pretty sure Simon was like, what is he doing? <laughs> and then I got up and I was like, uh, and then, happened to see someone coming back down the hill um, from the mountain runners. And I'm like, how far is it to the checkpoint? And it's like 1K. And I was like, oh, "Oh, my God. So then it eased my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So we still, we essentially had just over six hours to get to the, to the, uh, to the end. And we got up to the top to the checkpoint and I said to him, well, we've got five hours to do 13 Ks. Like this is so achievable. Um, and I was sitting there fueling up pretty cool and calm and just randomly, I just said, Oh, man, what happened to everyone else? Cause I thought everyone else was out at this yeah. stage and Oh yeah, these guys dropped out, but yeah. Oh yeah. Tom's at the bottom of the hill. And I was like, what? <laughs> and, and it sort of, oh, like, I couldn't believe it. And they're like, yeah, he's only like, you'd be less than four Ks behind you here. I was like, Oh, so Simon's so like, all right, let's get going. So my legs are, busted pretty much by this stage that yeah. really hurt and um then i knew the next section was all downhill so to the to the weir and um simon was just trying to push me through um well, um simon was trying to push me through and um and just get the, but the the rocks and stuff were just playing havoc with me i, I seriously couldn't get any pace going so i just had to do it at the best pace i possibly could yeah. and then we got down the the weir, cross the weir and stuff. And then, um, and I thought, it's okay. I'm on the way up. I'll be able to, you know, go back up and climb a little bit. And uh, then Simon goes, mate, he's like 20 minutes behind you now. You're no. like, so close. And I was like, I've been in the lead for this long. I seriously can't get up. No. But I was like, so I started to run, shuffle, run, shuffle, like go. 300 meters whatever i could do and then stop and then like simon was in front of me so i'd run to simon stop and then when he got ahead of me then i'd catch him and go catch him go catch him just trying to make it around and then we got nearly to the top and he goes ha ah yours didn't update we're still in the lead and i was like oh my god like seriously but he was still obviously must have been close but that was because we got there and so from that point we had the downhill yeah we had a down uphill downhill to go and uh two downhills weren't good i would have been happy with two uphill and one downhill but the other way around um so on the the time just pushed me as hard as he possibly could he goes just keep going just keep going just keep going and i was i did my best and got down the 
the bottom and, and he still then caught me. And I was like, oh, well, it is what it is. He's got to catch me at some stage here, that sort of thing. And then, but I then on the way up, uh, so we had uphill, downhill to go. And I said to Simon, we're still in time. And he's like, yeah. And I sort of conceded at this stage. I like, I think he's going to catch me. I don't care now. I'm just happy to finish. If it is, it is. What is it? But I feel, again, I might have been losing my shit here and I thought I saw him, but I didn't. (laughs) And I got up to the top of the hill and I'm like, I was like, and I see still and caught me. I was like, oh, I don't know what's going on here, but I must be close to, I can't come this far without it. Um, Yeah. So then obviously got, I hobbled down that last hill. So, and then finished. So. Yeah. Do you think maybe that um that that feeling of being chased helped push you to finish a bit quicker than you may have? Uh, it, it's always yeah, because I'm the competitive beast. I don't like losing. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I, if I had just rolled over, I would have just walked the whole thing. But yeah, yeah obviously, I just pushed like down it, and it was good. Simon's competitive as well, and he knew that I just need to had to just keep going. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's always good that the fear of getting chased, but so there's 1.7 k's to the end, like which is okay. flat. Yeah. Time goes, let's run. I go, mate, you have a look at me. Like, and I, I, I tried, and then I go, look, this. he goes, I, I still just keep thinking he's on. I go, mate, I'll keep looking over him back. If I see him, I'm running. Yeah, so, <laughs> I just put on the biggest sprint I could have to for a k or whatever I would have, but um, yeah, like. Knowing that he's there, there and behind you, like I, I pushed it. Like I was never, I was never just rolling over. No, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. No, and that that I, would have been quite stressful. I actually think that he was still in the race pushing me because yeah. then it dragged out longer and longer. Like I generally like to do things as quick as possible. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I'm actually glad he was still in a race because it was still a race. If it hadn't yes. been a race, it would have been. It, it, it felt better with him yeah. in it and and can yeah. i say from the perspective of people dot watching it made for a very exciting finish yeah yeah i've spoken to a few people with friends and they're like i could not send she goes and that dot it couldn't stop i, I wouldn't update quick enough yes, I was I know. <laughs> yeah. and so, then one of you would update but not the other one and it's like well where are they <laughs> yeah Again, Simon occasionally was checking and he's like, this diet, like, and he goes, yeah, one minute where he was like up her ass, the next minute we were a thingo. So it just um, depended when the update was for each dot. Yeah, and where you were, whether we were down in the mountain. But in the end, like, I suppose you've got to remember that I've already just done what he's done. So if he was getting closer to me, he still had to do what I had to do. Yes. So, yeah. 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 So, um, how's, um, how's your recovery been? Uh, yeah, so again, it, it's been so. I'm lucky that I own my own business, so I've given myself a week off work. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, yeah, yesterday, Monday was very. I'm lucky my wife was here and she was playing nurse to me as well because I didn't really move from the couch too much. Uh, <laughs> yesterday, and slowly but surely, um, it's um, it's coming back. But yeah, I definitely can't see myself running anytime soon i don't know i'm meant to be actually my son's runner on sunday for footy so here we go with that golly yeah that's gonna be a tough one and um so um yeah i mean i always think at least one at least one week off of absolutely nothing that's always good yeah 
Um, and yep. have you been like sleeping heaps and eating heaps? Have you felt the need for those? It's funny, like, um, yeah, I'll, I'll just, I eat heaps anyway, but um, because that's what we do. But um, I, that's the best up, bit. I think I, yeah, I can eat anything. <laughs> um, I weighed myself on Monday night, which I probably should have done on Monday morning, but um, I was, I'm normally about 74 kilos or so, but um, I reckon I, I was at 70, so I possibly would have lost 10 kilos. Wow. Uh, I was back up to 70 on Monday night and last night I weighed myself again and I think I was back up to 74. So I'd, oh, I'd actually wow. put, yeah, um, yeah, put a fair bit back, which has been good. So, um, yeah, yeah be, been eating really well, yeah. um, loading up and fluiding. Uh, yeah, just trying to drink. Because of my, my feet, I'm trying to drink as much water to flush this out as well. Um, yeah, so things are sort of um, semi-getting back to when you came into Lowe's, it wasn't just your knee and your foot. You also said your hamstring was hurting. How's that as well? Uh, actually, it's not so much my hamstring. I don't know whether it's the attachment or yeah, whether it's the, the yeah the medial ligament. Something's going on in my knee, um, and um, I wasn't sure whether yeah that was the attachment through there or not. But mm -hmm. yeah, it is. They're actually both sore, but I think it was more from the off trail sort yeah. of stuff that you twisting and turning I think it just might be oh, I'm hoping it's just flared up um I'm actually going to go uh, mate's a doctor so I'm going to go and get a, a check over of my legs and everything oh, just thanks. to mind because it uh yeah it, it just yeah just need to make sure before I you know, get back in action so so when other than uh being a runner at your son's footy game when when do you think you'll get back into running a bit or will you just once again as you run by feel will you just take it by feel uh yeah essentially like I'll, i'm not in no hurry um i actually don't have any other events uh logged in um uh, i i did i always say this i actually really really and wanted this is another race i wanted to do for ages but i can never do it because i always do uta which is the mount Maslin trials plus 50 i, I love that and I just, I've never done it and I'll run Masson a lot and I love it and uh, I could ever do it, but it's always two weeks after I've done a run and I'm just never in any shape to yeah. give it a crack and see. So one day I'll get there and do that. Um, yeah. and I, I once yeah. did, um, I did Macedon two weeks, two weeks after my first UTA and I, I yeah. won it in the female category two weeks after UTA. Sometimes it can be good to do. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it after DU, but after UTA, it could be yeah. all right. After a couple of years. So the other other kicker to this as well is that it's on a Sunday and it's my mm. son's footy and my mm. family's pretty big to me. Yes. And um, I feel like I'm selfish by just going to do a run when I've just done a run as well. And so it's not as if I can go, oh, I'm just going to have another game. And I feel guilty enough missing one game, let alone too so that's the other and that was a question I, I was going to ask how do you balance um family owning your own business and and training yeah yeah so this is the um this is the other thing i look forward to but people think i'm crazy but like um and a few people have actually touched it out to me to go you know how do you plan and whatever it is so i um you got to give up something to get something and uh and i sacrifice sleep so i've been getting up at two o'clock in the morning and I'm out five, seven hours or whatever wow. of running before work, then go to work and then on a weekday. Uh, yeah, yeah, every day of the week. And um, even on Saturdays, Sundays, doesn't matter. Um, yeah, some of the some of the weekends, like <laughs> I would go uh, get up at 
whatever time on a Friday, like three, four o'clock, do a run, go to work, come home again, get up two or three o'clock, go there, do kids sport all day, whatever it is. Oh, God, I'm, I'm getting exhausted just hearing it. Yeah, uh, and people are just like, I don't know how to do it. I'm, I generally live off four to five hours sleep a day. Wow. Um, it will get to one day where I'm like, I fall over and I was like, okay, I've got to have rest. Um, but yeah, that I, I, with my train, I was actually a lot smarter with my training program this time that I, um, I balanced it out a little bit more that I'd do a hundred K week or so. Then I was back to 50. I'd do a hundred K week or so back to 60. Yeah. I balanced it out a lot in the last month, like of April, I, I think I nearly trained every day and, and I did multiple hundred K weeks in a row just because yeah. I knew that to uh, add that element and into it um, to make sure it's fully so prepared. You normally train every day, or generally not? Nah, not really. I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm one to to really take a day rest in between and stuff. So I would train sort of uh, either Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and I would have a few few rest days in there between. So I'm uh, I, I I'm a big one for um, every training session has a purpose. Yeah, and make that a really good session rather than do seven sessions that are just making up numbers. And because, yeah, again, I've learned this over time. Um, we all do the stupid, yeah, no. I need to train every day. I've been there. Um, I'm just smarter now, I hope. Um, but, yeah, again, but there was a block there that I just went, okay, I need to be tough as nails for this race, right? And then I, I set myself days where I do – two hours, two or three hours every day. And it would be like uh, 1,500 for, for five days straight because, yeah, this is what, like I'll do 100 Ks in five days and four and a half thousand Ks. Uh, oh, wow. So, uh, yeah. Wow. So there is a little, and that, that's just playing with the mind because yes. you, you can't training. You're not going to do it during the, the day. No, exactly. And, and um, I have discussed this before with other coaches. A lot of that training is not so much the physical training that's so important. It's the mental training of being able to back it up day after day. <clears throat> but that's why I did it. Like, and like I, and, and I've talked to someone about this, but I, I trained to fail as well. Like, yes. I don't care about, um, there was like one training session there that like, you know, I, I ran out of water, I ran out of um, uh, food, I ran out of torch, mate, and it, it was a lot. Are you it, used to your crew not turning up with anything? Well, yeah, but yeah, as I said, like I'm, I'm not scared about failing. Yeah. And 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 tell you, and I, I actually been training where I didn't even know half of these courses when they let it. I'll just put a root on my uh, uh, Strava and go out there. And I get out there, I was like, "Wow, what about this?" <laughs> and I wouldn't. I, there was hills and that in there. I didn't even know that they're all the terrain. And I was like, "Or some days that I, um, I, yeah, I was just training off my watch, but I was training my mind that if I ever got lost, right, I knew how to get out of trouble. Yeah. So if shit goes down, if I run out of water, if I do this, I know I'm going to be okay. Yeah, because." shit happens and, and it did in my race like my, they, they didn't turn up or I only had to go to one, a water station that is you know sort of thing so yeah, yeah. No. and that's for ultra running I think that's super important to train for that because ultimately it's very rare that things go to plan yeah yeah, yeah. exactly so and yeah you gotta you just gotta be prepared and and again you're not always in the best state of mind to make <laughs> the right decision right. and um and again, on those training sessions, that sometimes I, I I actually had a moment, and uh, and I was like, I'm not a hiker, I'm a runner. This bloody DU race, you can smoke it. I'm gonna get, and I was still in the UTA. Oh. I'm gonna 
I'm going to go back to UTA at, at that point. And I was like, this is crap. And, uh, yeah, I was like, and then I, and then I got home and I, I was okay. But, like, <laughs> like, this is a joke. <laughs> it's very much a hiking course, to be honest, isn't it? Yeah, there, there, it is. Like, um, there's just not runnable sections. There, yeah. You just you've got to move as quick as you can. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you um, joining us to chat about DU. It sounds, it sounds amazing. And, and based on that, do you think you would go back and do it again or is it on to something different perhaps next time? Now that you've won it, you know. Yeah, I, I actually think, oh, look, it's hard, always hard to make a decision. So they've asked, a few people asked me and I was like, yeah, well, I probably would do it again. Like, yeah. you know, I did it, but probably not. Um, I always like to, I like to conquer a course or con yeah. conquer something, move on to something else. Like I'm always one about challenging myself and yeah. um, having something else. And um, so I don't know, I'd, I'd maybe go back and pace for someone because it was pretty cool. And I'd, I'd love to go through it again with someone else to get them through it because yeah. I've been through it and it was amazing. Like it was like as brutal as the course was, it was very fulfilling. Yeah. Um, yeah a lot of boxes and stuff and i always say that the trails is the mind game is the the thing for me it's not about the ego it's just about you know you and then trying to work out an opponent where they're at and stuff like that so yeah i, I don't know i i i haven't made any decision i i don't i don't feel any need now that i've won it or conquered it and whatever i i don't have to go back if i don't want to so it's uh, yeah i as I said, it's just I'll just take it as it comes. I need that next thing to sort and of grab my. You don't have any plans at the moment for your next race, but not even a little plan. Uh, maybe yeah, a miler. Have... <laughs> uh, well, that's too small now. Nah, <laughs> um, nah. I think it's the is it the very long run, it, which is yep. in the Lurdy Um Again, oh. I love my family, and mm. it's on a Saturday. So if a Saturday I can get away with. Yeah. a little bit more than Saturday or Sunday or something like that, I, I might be able to. And that's where the, over the footy season really doesn't work for me. So, again, um, it might be – I might have to wait to footy and whatever it yeah. sort of finishes stuff and then um, and then I'll, I'll go to the sort of summer. But, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, the, the great – what is it? The Great Southern uh, Race. Of, oh, GSR. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. You do yeah. well at that. Yep. Tim was trying to uh, sign me up while we we're running. So. <laughs> yeah, no, that uh, if you like, uh, it it would suit you based on DU. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that and that, I've actually never really um, liked this event, and I and I hate it because it's got sand. But it's the um, the uh, Surf Coast has Century. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not a sand lover either. Yeah. I hate sand, so okay. it just doesn't doesn't bite me but the 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 fact that about going see how fast i could go over 100k because it's fairly that like does semi uh attract me a little bit but um but the sand and crap man, I'm, uh, i'd rather go up mountains and yes, sand so. <laughs> definitely yeah yeah, yeah oh, well, um we shall follow on and, and see what you do and you're on um facebook and instagram and all that sort of stuff for people to follow yeah yeah, so I'm uh, I'm on Facebook. Mine's I think it's just Nigel Hill too. Too. Yeah. Uh, on 
sorry, on Instagram and Facebook, I'm on uh, Nigel Hill, and I have a couple of them. We'll work one as well, NHL. I don't have as many as your Instagram uh, things. I was checking you out. I was like, how many have you got, man? <laughs> I know some of some of them some of them are accidents. <laughs> some of them I actually got logged out of and was never able to log in again, so I can't actually yeah. access them. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's it's ridiculous how many I've got. I know. Anyway, <laughs> we're talking about you. <laughs> um, ah. yeah. All right. Well, I'll add your links so uh, for that is so people can follow you if they're interested to see yeah. what you're up to next. Um, yeah. But yeah, thank you so much. No, nah, no, nah, it's been a pleasure. Great chatting to you. So thank mm. you. Yep, no, see ya. See ya. Hi, Tom, and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. Hey. How are you? I'm great. How about you? I'm pretty good, thank you. Yes, now congratulations on your second place at Down Under 135 in a time of uh, 53 hours and 11 minutes. And that's um, such an awesome achievement. But before we get into that, can you tell the listeners a bit about yourself, your athletic and running background and how you got into ultras? Yeah, okay. So I've always been into athletics or some sort of sport. So from a young age, whether it be swimming, uh, running, karate, life-saving, the whole lot. Yeah. Um, I was actually a bigger kid, so I, actually when I was younger, I was horrible at running. I was a swimmer. Um, yep. So, but as I leaned out, as I got older, I got into cross-country, um, did that. Didn't deal so well with the nerves, so I kind of went off it a bit. Yeah. Um, but then when I got older, I got about, now what, about 18, 19, I did the Kokoda track. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, and just as a trek, and it pushed me heaps um, doing it in five days and kind of showing me uh, how much I've been leaving on the table and limits. Mm. Um, so after that, I finished it. I was like, oh, wow, I can do more than I thought. And what 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 else can I do that's like this? And then go into mountaineering um, and then ultra running from that. And that's why where I started ultra running. So you didn't, what was your first, when you, when you started ultra running, what was your first long, you know, ultra, what distance was it? hundred <clears throat> uh, K. Wow. Yeah. So you didn't, Definitely. you didn't do the standard progression of 10 K half marathon, no, marathon I, bang straight no, in. No, I would not recommend the way I started. I, did, I was, my, my first three months of ultra running was probably the stupidest you could do. <laughs> well, I mean, most yeah. people, their running career starts off in a pretty stupid <laughs> training fashion. So, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, but you're actually um quite young. So you're quite especially young for ultra running. A lot of people don't get into ultras until they're a bit older, you know, and they feel like they've used up all their speed in the shorter distances. How yeah. you didn't bother doing all of that? Uh two main reasons. One, running fast hurts. Yeah. <laughs> it hurts more than it actually running I an agree. ultra. Yeah. Um, and the second thing to do, I feel like the um I always didn't just feel happy just finishing a 5K or a 10K. Yeah. I didn't really feel like much of an achievement. I feel like to do those, you would have to, in my head, I had to place. Yeah. And to try and place in a 5 and 10K big races, you need to put in years and, you know, 10 years plus of dedication to really build up that skill. Whereas yeah. I'd be pretty, I'd be happy um, with finishing a 100K or 50K just in the, that accomplishment itself. So 
yeah that's why i went there and what yeah. was your first 100k that you did uh surf coast entry oh, okay yeah a bit different yeah. to down under yeah very different mind <laughs> you though two months later i did gcr which is actually oh my where god i, I know class with you i think um yeah, yeah so yeah you finished a couple of hours before me and yeah. um and then you had to go to hospital didn't you yeah, yeah, rhabdomyolysis. Yeah, yeah, my God. <laughs> yeah, because I, I was so inexperienced. I'd, I'd never even been in the hills to run, or so really? I was. Just, yeah, I was just doing it off my base level fitness. Um, I used the stairmaster a bit at the gym. Um, <laughs> Which I'm sure is great. I didn't mean to laugh. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's no, not quite the same, is it? No, not quite what you should be doing. So, yeah, that's why that ended up happening. And but but was that rhabdo? Is that cause was that too much fluids, yeah. not enough fluids, or just too much stress on the body? Yeah, pretty much too much stress. Because so, I also did um, Marysville fifty five days beforehand. Oh my god, seriously? Yeah. So uh, my, my my legs were already kind of broken down a bit. Yeah. Um, muscles and rhabdo. You know, rhabdo is when your kidneys is like struggling yeah. to flush out the broken down muscle tissue, which comes from running the ultras. Um, so yeah, I had that 50k and then not having enough training in the legs. Yeah. One distance and the heels. And then combine that with I also fell and hurt my hip about mm. 100k's in and did exactly what they tell you not to do. And that's take anti inflammatories. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. So that was a combination of everything that just made it. Well, it's enough. You not knowing, I guess. I mean, I remember early days I used to take anti-inflammatories during races and I didn't know either, so. Yeah. Well, I knew. I knew because oh, okay. the Gradition Walk in October and uh, I think Andy, the race director there, was stressing about it, don't take anti-inflammatories. Yeah. So I'd been told and I knew it, but I was just, I really wanted to finish. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and I get that too. And, and you finished spectacularly. What was your position in that race? Was it 20, 24, 25? Does that sound right? From what, where you came? I think it was 20 something. Oh, I, okay. yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'd have to look it up. I, I, I don't know. I was a bit delirious when I finished too. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, how does Down Under compare to GSER? That's a really good question because I always, I always, I hadn't. Do, I always thought of those two as like the hardest yeah. cultures. Um, I feel like um, down under it, I don't know if you can hardly call it an ultra. I'd call it more as a foot race. Yeah. Just because it's so, it's not just technical, like out in the mountains, technical where you can still kind of run the downs or yeah. Um, literally like there's, okay. there's some bush, go run in the bush and pull yourself up some trees and <laughs> on that bag you know it's not it's just yeah it's so it's so much more gnarly whereas gcr you can you can do some decent running in that yes. mind you there's lots of parts where you can't but but you can um, do some running yeah and i feel like i found physically gcr harder because it is more running um yeah. but mentally down under was harder yeah that's a good way of looking at it yep uh, what sort of portion of down under would you say that you ran what percentage? Good question. Um, part of me wants to say half. 
Oh wow! I don't, know if, I don't know if I just want to say half because <laughs> I want to say that more than I did. So I think it's probably yeah, it's probably somewhere between like a third and a half. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, you did down under as a solo competitor, so yeah. you had no paces. You had no crew either. No, I had my dad supporting me. He was there at every aid station. So you were allowed to have a crew. Yeah. So. Yeah, the, the line is very blurred there. So I, mm. I didn't have a, a crew in the way you'd usually like have a crew where they would get there and then you're like, go get my shoes, go get this. Oh, okay. But he's there supporting me. Yeah. You know, and then, mind you, towards the end there, um, like he, he just started to um, like grab some food and things like that. Yeah. And I was sitting in there. So, um, but yeah, that it's, yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah. Yeah, so, um, but they do they come and help you at all your races, your parents? Um, the bigger ones. So, yeah. like, I just, um, Alpine Challenge, they were there at Alpine Challenge. Um, and that was there at Down Under. So, when Pretty did much. you do, did you do Alpine Challenge in, in April? Yeah, yeah. Myla? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. And how did you go at that one? I finished it, I think I, I came equal eight, finished it, I mean, just on was it just under 26 I think 25 nice time, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so I didn't, yeah. realize, I didn't realize you'd only just done that how many weeks between was that uh three three or four yeah yeah wow that's amazing did you feel it in your legs at all no no the body's amazing how quickly you can recover when you do these Quite often. Yeah, when when you're 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 in your your age. My age. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't know if I'll be saying that in ten years or twenty yeah. years. <laughs> yeah, no. So laugh it up while you can. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. No, that's that's amazing. That's really good. So, going into down under, basing base based on the fact that you had just done Alpine. What was your strategy going in? Like, were you planning on you know going out hard? Were you planning on just pacing it? You know, moderately. What what was your plan? Were you hoping to get a good, you know, like a top result? Yeah. Um. So going, I always have a nearly every ultra I do. I always have a thing, and just I don't go faster or slow. I just feel like go at a comfortable pace. Yeah. And stay comfortable for as long as you can before it obviously inevitably you start to feel like pretty crap. Yeah. So I don't go in make myself slower just to save myself a later or go faster. The people always feel like I've trained my body to the point where it is. And then on race day, it is what it is, whatever, you know. And, and you just know by feel what feels right. <clears throat> yeah. 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 Massive on feel. Yeah. 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 And that sounds good. Um, no, it was quite funny at, all the aid stations they would all say oh here comes tom he's always just wearing a singlet no matter how cold it was and we we're all quite amazed that you put a jacket on when it rained um <laughs> <laughs> why are you known for always running singlets do you run really hot or the cold doesn't bother you what is it no yeah well i just i i just i, I like wearing singlets and then i just don't get too cold yeah. when i'm running um i, I do when i it's funny on, on a general day if i'm not running i get freezing really easily yeah. but when I'm running, I just say, I just don't get that cold. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm the same basically, but yeah, yeah, it's just quite funny. Everyone was 
astounded seeing you in a singlet all the time, whereas all the other runners were rugged up. Yeah, it's a bit like um, if you know Birdie. It's like yes. you know, if he's not, not if he's just bare chested. It's, if he has the top on, then it's weird. <laughs> well, all I can yeah. think about when I see him like that is just the chafing. So you know, with yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah <he's> crazy. <laughs> now, um, you used poles, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. Nigel didn't use poles. Do you? Uh, in what way do you find um, poles beneficial? I feel like if you start with the poles, I feel like it helps save the legs. Yeah. Um, especially when you're going up the hills. Um, and then obviously, again, going up the hills, massive heaps helps heaps. Yeah. Um, I go to gym quite a bit too, so having stronger shoulders and just leaning into that, yeah. I feel like helps heaps. And then, again, even not, towards the end, when your legs are, you can hardly move your legs, your knees, yeah. even using them going down. Um, yeah. yeah. I yeah. love the pole. I Extra credit for Nigel not using it. That, that really I impressive. Don't know how we did it, but um, yeah. yeah. So I'm with you on the poles, and yeah, it's, it's more even for the for the downhills, like because some of yeah. them were so slippery. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 100%. So, did you sleep at all? No, no. No, not even at all. No, not at all. Not a dirt nap, no. nothing. No, I thought I a second night I looked at the ground and it looked pretty ad, pretty advertising, but. <laughs> Uh, it's too, I thought if I if I lie down, I'm going to get hypothermia. So yeah, and and you were by yourself as well. It's a bit different yeah. by yourself. Um, so had you planned to sleep? Again, I just I've always looked at just go by feel. Yeah. So if I start to feel really tired, then I will. Um, again, though down under, I was also expecting to have more time. I didn't yeah. realize it was close to cut, uh, close to cut off. So already got to the point where even if I wanted to, I probably couldn't have. Yeah. So how how do you deal with the sleep deprivation? Do you get tired and yeah, yeah. I especially I started falling asleep as I was running. So there's I you kind of just got to live with it. It's kind of like you would the pain you have. Like you just got to keep yourself awake. Um, I tried like even slapping my sounds bad, but slapping myself just just the pain. Yes, yeah, that that works for a little bit. I prefer to be feeling pain than um, yep. to cause sleep. Then yep. I found the best thing I was eating. Yeah. So like eating, just eating every 10 minutes or something or drinking um, yep. helped keep me awake. Yeah, I would yeah. agree. And um, I heard that you were hallucinating and that at one point you thought you were at an aid station, but you weren't. Tell yeah. us about that. Was that a bit yeah. disappointing? Yeah, that was really disappointing. So I was actually <laughs> starting to happen quite a lot. All my hallucinations seem to be like, oh, you're close to an A station, you know, where it would be like people standing out in the bushes, like they look like they're, you know, rugged up like everyone else was at the A station. That means I'm close. So yeah. there's a time where there's a whole group of people and it looked like there's a clearing and it looked like, oh, this isn't, even though I didn't think the A station should be there, but I can't, the, the hallucination wasn't going away. So I thought, okay, uh-huh. this has to be real until I literally got face to face. I was like, oh, it's just a tree. And I've also gone <laughs> away from the marker all the way to the left as well. So um, yeah, that happened. And yeah, I was, I was hallucinating from that second night all, all through the second day. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, and you did get lost at one point, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I wasted oh, good- Desperately watching that doc going, oh my God, what's he doing? <laughs> yeah, I thought, I, it's it. 
it just didn't make any. I couldn't see a, a marker anywhere. I, there weren't I, a lot I, of markers. No, nah, and there was um there were two to the right of me as well. There was a whole someone had been drinking as well. There'd been uh, like alcohol drinks left. So I thought maybe someone's just decided to tamper. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I could I could make an excuse for me being an idiot and me missing the markers, but. Um, yeah, that was that sucked because I ended up climbing up a hill too. Oh no! Um, oh. So I had to go back down and do a circle. And, and how much time do you reckon that added to your time? Thirty minutes to forty oh, minutes. Right. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I, that was nearly going to be responsible for me missing the cutoff. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that would. Yeah, and and when you lost like that, was it? I can't remember. Was it day or night when it happened? Night. Yeah. Night, which is even harder then to find your way back. Yeah, yeah, especially in that terrain. Yeah, it's it's difficult. So, um, how did you train for this race? Obviously, uh, doing alpine. <laughs> yeah, so my training has been uh, kind of hindered because I've done so many like ultras. It's been recovering, so I've done eight. So recovering from this year, so recovering from each one is. You know, it's I haven't like I haven't, it's not the exact training I'd want to do, yeah. but I think running the ultras themselves has been uh, good training. Well, it would certainly um, toughen you up. Yeah. So that and but um, if I had my way, it would have been like I have like I feel like a hundred k a week yeah. is where I find my sweet spot. Yeah. And then as long as I get my two like a double day, so like a twenty k in the morning and a ten at night. And okay. then a longer, um, and then just fill in the rest until I get to 100k a week. And do you like, do um, speed work? No, no, I don't. I don't do it. It's all mine's all by feel. That's something I should get to. I've been mean to get but to. You but, don't need to yet, you know, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously it's but, working. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. I yeah. do, um, I also do a bit of weights and swimming yeah. and other. Cross, I'm a big believer in cross training. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's good. That will certainly help to to help with recovery and also reduce the risk of injury. And um, so, what is like the longest run you would do if you weren't racing as much? Racing? Yeah, for for a mile, what would be the longest run you would do? I'd say anywhere between a forty to fifty k. Yeah. Um, I'll see on the long run. Um, and then. Oh, it'll be one, one it would just be like on the trail, you know, find someone like the Dandenongs or even yeah. the two bags and just, you know, do a route until then. Or this probably isn't recommended, but I have a, I've created my own, it's like a mental strength. It's more to help with mental strength. Yeah. And it's just run a marathon with no water or food. Ah, um, yes, that would not be recommended, but I can see how it would yeah. help with mental strength. I used yeah. to deliberately, I used to do that in runs, like run out of food, to get used to that feeling of running with no energy from food. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, and you can know you can. Because it's a horrible it. feeling, but you've got to get used to it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 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 So I can, I can see, definitely see the value the value in that, but um, it uh, not to the listeners, it's not recommended. Yeah, so. I would definitely <laughs> wouldn't recommend it. No, no, definitely. Especially the not, the not water, the not food. Is, is sort of okay, okay but yeah. <laughs> um, so what was your um, nutrition and hydration like during the race, especially because you were basically supporting yourself? You had to, you know, pretty much 
you know, have everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I had uh, every, I had, so I had like these little muffin bars, uh, oat bars, um, had gels. What else did I have? Um, I think that was actually, yeah, that was all I had. So I just had those three things and I had a certain amount in each bag. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, and I also, I also had each bag, I had two sandwiches with peanut butter and salt. Yeah. Um, and then pretty much as I get to each bag, just take out what I think I need to get the next one and the next one and always make sure I've got more in there than I need. Yeah. And then, yeah, just pretty much eat, eat on the go there. And also yeah. taking the, um, what they provided the ASA, so the noodles yeah. and potatoes. And did you just drink water or did you have electrolytes? Um, I just had water. Yeah, yeah. I had electrolytes with me, but I don't cramp. I'm not finding I don't, I don't cramp. Um, yeah. And they had tailwind. Tailwind's great. So I've just taken some of their tailwind here yeah, and there. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so did... So you keep it fairly simple, basically, which is probably a good yeah. thing. Did you get any um, gastric distress? No. I actually found I had less in this one than any other one. And I think that's because the lower intensity. Yeah, because you're moving so much slower. Yeah. 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 My heart rate, my average heart rate according to my watch is only 120. Oh, seriously? So, yeah. So wow. normal ultra would be 150, 140, yeah. maybe 160. Yeah. So it was much lower. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. 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 Wow. And so, you know, with having done GSDR and Down Under, do you, do you think you prefer those really tough races or do you prefer the sort of the, the, the flatter, more runnable ones? Definitely prefer the tougher ones. Yeah. Yeah, definitely prefer because it's, I'm, I'm more, I'm personally more interested in, you know, pushing the mental limits and yeah. Yeah, that's what I like the challenge of the things yeah. whereas yeah I think running starts to get more into the it's not so much of a mental challenge it's more of a physical yes you know, yeah. physical, but. and and I think there's only um certain kinds of people that would want to do down under or GSCR it's not not your average sort of runner would want to no, do that yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and so um just going back to GSCR for a minute with the rhabdo what was your recovery like from that? Yeah, so I was in the hospital for two days. Yeah. And then they just, they just flushed out all the kidneys and everything. Um, uh, and then it wasn't just a rhabdo that I, my everything else is pretty much ruined too. So my feet, <laughs> my legs. So for a what week. What did the hospital staff say to you? Apparently I'm renowned there. They're all remembering it, but yeah. They just, they just thought I was crazy, you know. Just said, well, what did you, what were you doing, and what's this race that you're doing? And what, it was like an admin. Um, yeah, they had no idea what was going on. Yeah. So, and then you had all this, the my shins, and everything was scratched up from the shrubs yeah. and everything. Yeah, so, right. yeah. Um, but yeah, it took me about a week to be able to walk at a normal pace. Okay. Um, because I mean, yeah. sometimes rhabdo can affect you for quite a long time. So, so you're really very lucky that they caught it so quickly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I had to get checks for about six months or so. Oh, really? Make sure it was still okay. Yeah. Um, which it was. Um, I ended up. So I, 
I still ended up running a marathon about four weeks later. Why am but, I not surprised? <laughs> but it was all, you know, my bloods were down. So I think, <laughs> yeah, they measure by the CK levels. I think yeah. it's supposed to be 100 or something or not even zero. But I know at GSCR, mine was 10,000. Oh, my God. But by the time I went to do the marathon, I think it was down to 300 or something. So it was pretty They're still close. High. It's still high, but... Close to the normal. Close. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually, went back, eventually went back down. So, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. So, how's your recovery been from down under? Um, really good, actually. So, my feet are still swollen. Yeah. Pretty swollen. Um, and I'm still pretty tired and exhausted. Um, that no, no sort of the first day back at work today and was pretty difficult um yeah so that's quite soon to be back at work yeah. yeah yeah um so but other than that everything's come up pretty good a bit of a uh weird i've got a bit of shin splints which is weird but ah. other than that that was it yeah so maybe from um the downhills with the sliding and that i don't know that can sometimes put pressure on the shins i don't know makes sense i guess actually you're probably right because i purposely run closer to my heels when I'm going down yeah um so you're probably right there um and um so what's next for you I'm almost scared to ask um so two weeks I'm supposed to be doing we'll see how the body is but two weeks I've signed up to do the 50k Mount Massimo oh okay that's not as bad as I thought it would be yeah but then I think is it three weeks four weeks got Mm -hmm. the uh rational south the 200 mile Oh, seriously? Yeah. That's runnable. You know that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, like I, no mountains. Like, there's no hill. Like, yeah, that's that was in, yeah. So <laughs> I really wanted to do a 200 mile and I signed up to do Delirious West in February, but COVID. So, um, yeah, so that, that's the next bigger one. So are you going to um, train your running more for that? Uh, I will, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, with little time I have. Um, in yeah, because it's um, it, yeah, it's it's three weeks. Because my friend Nikki Wind is going to do that. Yeah, you know, yeah, Nikki. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah so that's um, good. I know she's freaking out a bit. I'm not sure if she's done enough training, but um, you've 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 done all the training. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. So I think I'd only get a, a week in there of uh, yeah. good training. I won't be running this week. No. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh well. Um, wow. Okay. Well, geez, we'll have to um maybe have another interview and see how you go at that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are, you, are you ever? Are you, have you got a rest plan somewhere? Uh, not not yet. Uh, no, no. So what's up to the um irrational side? Uh, so I do. I've got GSCR in November. Yeah. Um. But then I get back into a bit of like I got a mountaineering course in August, um, July. I was going to be pacing Birdie for his FKT. Oh, uh, what what FKT is he doing? He's doing the Great Northern Walk uh, up and back return. Oh, okay. Uh, I think he's trying to do it sub hundred hours, so it's five hundred something k, five hundred and ten. Ah, cool. Um, yeah, so I'll pace in there, um, and then I'll just. I'm pretty laid back with my events. Like I'll, like this Mount Massa one, I just booked 
two weeks ago. I don't really have a – If I, I just feel like if I have a, keep a good base, then I can nearly do yeah. anything I want yeah. as it comes. So the other events that I'll sign up for. And so when you do um, like the Macedon race, are you doing it because you want to be competitive or because just for, for fun? Um, so it starts out as fun and then this is what happens. Because uh, <laughs> if you've got, uh, you know, some elite, elite runners, like someone like, you know, I don't know if you know Matt Crean or someone like that, then I don't know. He's, no. he's, he's, he's a freak. Uh, some certain elite runners, then... I have no business trying to race them yeah. at this point. So if they're there and that happens, then I won't bother. But if I'm finding myself, I'm winning. Sorry. Yeah. Mind that. that you, was if it? <laughs> if I'm placing, then I'll, I'll push. Yeah. So yeah. And, which is fair enough. Yeah. And um, so in, in regards to Down Under, like only two people finished the whole race. So why do you think you were able to finish when so many others couldn't? That's, Do you think it's because you have that mental strength? Um, I, because everyone's so, you know, everyone on that start line is yeah. mentally, you know. Um, like a guy, Ross McPhee, he's finished it twice and yeah. I've run with him lots of times. He's, you know, I know he's mentally really strong and didn't quite make it there. Um, I think that the cutoffs got a lot of people. Yeah, you know, going to these races as like you don't go super hard at the start because you yeah. kill yourself. So maybe um, people went a bit too easy at the start and missed the yeah. cutoffs. Um, Do you no, think I, the weather maybe also like the coldness? Yeah, yeah. My, there was a lot of few people that pulled out from the weather. Yeah. Um, and that obviously yeah. didn't bother you as much because you don't feel the the cold as much when you're when you're cold running. No, yeah, that's the, I didn't, everyone was complaining about that first night, but, you know, I didn't find it that bad. Like the rain and wind sucked and, you know, yeah, night, you a bit, yeah. you're a bit anxious, but um, I didn't, it didn't really affect me. That much. I didn't get freezing or, or anything. And especially at the A stations too, I was trying to move quickly. So I didn't get cold there either. That was one thing we, we um, all noticed because I was working with EMS on the weekend and, um, you know, we would log the times at the different aid stations of how long everyone took, and you were one of the quicker ones at, at all of the aid stations. Was that? Yeah. Did you plan? Is that how you like to do aid stations? I, I'm the same. I personally like to be in and out. Yeah. Um. But um, is that part of your plan, or is it just the way it happened this time? Yeah. No, that's that's part of my plan. I I, I feel like I know everyone says not to worry about ten seconds or twenty seconds during an ultra because it's so long. Yeah, but you worry about ten seconds here and ten seconds there and twenty seconds there, yeah, and it, all, it adds up over that long yeah. time. So yeah. just, just get the stuff I need and then get out. And even with the food, if I can walk and eat, then that's yeah. better than sitting there eating. I totally agree. Yeah, I think walking yeah. and eating, and it's also about keeping warm. To me, like the more you stand around, the more your body temperature drop drops. So you know, big time, especially a night like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was certainly something that you were uh, one of the, I think you were pretty much the quickest through all, all the aid stations. Yeah. And um, all right, so do you have any tips for anyone who would want to do Down Under? Um, go in, 
expecting it just just to be gnarly and that you're not going to be running a whole yeah. heap if you're a keen runner. Um, and like, we literally prepare for the worst. Think of the trail as bad as it can be. And hopefully your imagination can imagine something worse than what it is. Yeah. Um, I feel like, yeah, having your expectations, knowing that it's going to be like that is big. Yeah. Um, and just keep putting one foot in front of the other as quick as you can at a comfortable pace at the time. I think it's one of those things where you just got to know your pace is going to allow your pace to adjust with the course. So when you're off the trail and you got, you're going to go into some super slow bits, then like, don't stress out. You're going super slow. You need to go faster. Just do the best you can do at that pace at that stage. So when you maybe get to the, the running part and then big one, when you get to the running parts, run them as hard as you can at the time without blowing yourself up. I think that's what, that's what uh, I think got me to the cutoffs towards the end compared to some others. Um, yeah. Cause I made sure to really push those parts, even if I risked the chance of maybe blowing up later on. Yeah. But I think that's the main, really take advantage of the runnable parts and endure the uh, slow. Yeah. Parts. Now that, that all sounds really good. Good advice for that course. I think. Now, how can people follow you on socials and that sort of thing? You're on Insta and Facebook. Yeah, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. I think Instagram, I think it's Tom Dade 11, I think. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, Facebook is just Tom Dade. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, I'll put the, um, I mean, I can't remember them offhand, but yeah, I'll put them on the links on um, <clears throat> the show notes if people want to follow you and see your crazy adventures with all your different races. Um, yeah. But thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your, your story of the race with us. Oh, cheers. Thanks for having me. And congratulations again. Thanks. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. They were all so fascinating to chat with, don't you think? It was certainly interesting for me to have seen both Nigel and Tom in race mode and then to chat with them after. And I always find it fascinating to get different perspectives um, on the same race, but from different people on the race craft, the training, the race experience, all that sort of thing. And as always, if you have any ideas for future interviews or topics, please let me know. Have a great week of running and racing.